This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast revisiting television, sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, computer ghosts. It works all right. Too bloody well within my heart. So, demonstration over. Demonstration over. You know, this burglary caper makes a man hungry. To the kitchen! And tomorrow, the patent office. Another Harlan Newsom invention set to sweep the country. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast sent from heaven. I'm Luke. Here's my co-host, Jordan. <laughs> What's real, Jordan? I, I'm not sure how we're going to talk about this thing, to be honest. Don't, don't you feel like maybe... I don't know. I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> I don't know what this is. You picked it. Don't you love it? <laughs> well, you know my track record. I pick things based on uh, the title being amusing or the premise seeming odd. And this one was Computer Ghosts. I'm in. <laughs> well, this week we're watching a TV movie from Australia from 1988, Computer Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Jordan, you may not realize this. <laughs> okay. Which uh, I'm sure will come as a surprise to you. But this is from the Tomorrow's News series that we've encountered before. Oh, have we? Is this... Is this um... Like, uh, uh, what was that one? P- pool time, finger chop. Yeah, you're close. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one called? Oh, uh, finger snatchers. What was it called? <laughs> uh, it is from the same series of television films as Hard Knuckle. Hard Knuckle. I was very close. You, you certainly weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Hard Knuckle. Yeah, yeah. So well, that that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, interesting that you've you managed to come across a, a second film in this series. I never thought we'd actually find any more from the series. So I guess there are more just floating out there in this world. This is not tonally anything like that. This is this is wildly different. So it's interesting to know there's like, or there was I should say this v- movie series where it was just like anything goes because that's what it sort of seems like. Like these are so disparate and odd that you would never think these could be programmed in any sort of uh cohesive way i was having trouble when we originally watched hard knuckle finding any more movies in this series because there's really no like collection online of like anyone discussing this series of movies but from this Mm -hmm. one i was able to like look at a few of the the writers and directors i don't remember who it was exactly but someone involved in this film was involved in another tv movie that seems to be part of the tomorrow news series although that one's not science fiction it seems to be a drama about drug addiction starring nicole kidman (laughs) Oh, but this also isn't really science fiction. What would you call the genre of this? I mean, it's close to science fiction. Like it is about computers and robots and holograms and uh, supernatural things. So it's 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 in the, it's in the vein, but it's a little more of a children's movie, probably. Uh, yeah, that was my question, and I guess we could talk about that more. I couldn't tell if it was a children's movie or if just the tone is so different than television that we're used to. That I just, it's hard to translate. It's a very, very broad comedy. Yes, yes. Well, um, one thing I noticed, I don't know who this is, but I'm sure some some of our uh, astute Australian listeners may know. Um, the lead character, Anya, is played by Emily Simmons, who has been on 2,000 plus episodes of the soap opera Home Neighbors. and Away. Oh, Home and Away. It was one of the other. Marilyn Chambers. 
So I think she's become quite famous. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't tell. The rest of the cast has all worked before, but I didn't, I didn't see anything uh, noteworthy that I could pull out. So no, I didn't notice really any of these characters. Um, but it was first broadcast on June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty eight. And Jordan, do you want to hear what's happening in the Australian world around nineteen eighty eight? I do. Well, in Australia, here's what was going on. January 17th, the TV soap opera Home and Away premieres. <laughs> I'm assuming she wasn't on yet. No, I believe she starts in 2001. Right, right. Uh, January 26th, it's the 100th anniversary, or sorry, the 200th anniversary of Australia Day. Oh, Australia Day. So it's the same as, we, you know, we have here in Canada, we have Canada Day. I'm assuming I it's I think there. what it is, is Similar I think it's thing. when the, uh, some uh, boats landed on Australia, I guess kind of founding Australia. It's my assumption. So it's like, oh, I guess it's probably okay. 200 anniversary of these boats arriving and Australia sort right. of in its, well, in its happy, happy Australia Day starting. I don't know. Yes. Happy Australia Day, everybody. January 26th. January 26th. <laughs> Coincidentally, the day we're recording this. <laughs> and on April 30th, it was World Expo 88 in Brisbane. Mm, World Expos, yeah. What, we had that in, uh, uh, it was in Montreal, right? Where, when was it in Montreal? I think we had it in Montreal. I think we had it in Vancouver. Right. We've had it uh, a couple of places. Mm-hmm. You ever gone to one of those? I certainly have not. I have also not done that. I believe, I believe any that would have happened, I would have been too young or not born for. Right, right. Fingers crossed. Maybe this year. You'll get it in, I don't know, Red Deer. We can go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to come to Red Deer, Alberta. That's right. Expo 2023. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Red Deer. Well, that's By the way, that's such a Canadian name for a place, isn't it? Yeah, sure. It's named after a, a animal with a color. Mm-hmm. Classic Canada. I mean, I'm sure they are like that in other countries, too, but they're in different languages, so we don't know. Fair enough. Fair Probably enough. something in German like that. We just can't read German, so we have no concept. Who knows, though, if they name just things after animals. Anyways, it doesn't matter. That's not why you some, called. Some sort of black forest, maybe. <laughs> you like a black forest cake, by the way? No. You don't, huh? No, I don't care for cherries. Mmm, interesting. I didn't know that. Do you? Oh, yeah, I like a black forest cake. You're always ho- hogging one down, eh? <laughs> I just had one uh, last night. That's not true. You had one this morning for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I had one this morning for breakfast. I was like, guess who's entering the black forest? That's what I say when I, I have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you lay on the cake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, we've also watched two television movies in 1988. Can you Ooh. guess what those two television movies were? I'm not going to ask you for a hint because what you're going to say is it's 1988. So we've watched two TV movies in 1988. Oh, Luke, I can't remember one. Give me, give me some sort of hint. All right. One of them was a two-parter. Oh. Oh, well, what was a two-parter? Oh, maybe that, um, honestly, I don't know. The <laughs> Omen, I think, was a two-parter. No. <laughs> Omen was not a two-parter. It was half an hour what, at most. What was the one with Scabacula? But that was in the 90s. No, that was The Invaders, but that's incorrect. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me. On January 17th and 24th, Earth, Star, Voyager... Earth Star Voyager, right, right. And on August 29th, Badlands 2005. <laughs> I forgot we watched that. That was the, um, was that the one with Sharon Stone? That was the one with Sharon Stone. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't so bad, was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> it's funny. You just you can't remember. Miguel Ferro was in that. Was that, I don't know how to pronounce oh, his last name. He he becomes a robot like skeleton, and there's a big shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of. I remember kind of liking that. <laughs> it lives on in your memories. It lives on. Yeah, yeah. As a lot better, except not its title. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I have a problem with titles. Come on. Yeah, that's that's right. Come on, give me a break. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I got other qualities. All right, you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Here is the IMDb summary for Computer Ghosts. A security company conjures up fake computer-generated quote-unquote ghosts so they can buy abandoned property below market value at auctions. However, a mysterious couple appears out of seemingly nowhere to thwart the company's plans. Yeah? I mean, it's weird because, I mean, obviously that wasn't like the selling point, but it does kind of give away... The twist. The whole premise of this. Yeah, and the twist, yeah. You know what you're getting. But it doesn't yeah. give away all the twists. There's so many twists and turns. Well, it's, I mean, even the part of it being computer generated, that's kind of like, I guess that's kind of important. Because they kind of save that till the very end, like how it works. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't tell if you were, they were saving it as a surprise or if you were just supposed to have assumed what they were doing. I couldn't tell. Right. right. But it begins, Jordan, with a really great theme song. And some bargain basement title credits. Yeah. Oh man, they are really bad. They're like, um, it's like a nineteen eighty eight uh, news Chiron's giving you the credits. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. It it's not great. I like the little song they have though. I like the theme to Computer Ghosts. Mm-hmm. The theme goes through the whole thing. It's not bad. It's very uh, it's very happy and digity. Yeah. It really sets the tone for Computer Ghosts. Yeah. Um, but then we witness. A burglar triggering a large computer-operated security system. Um, and in this film, many people will burglarize homes or break into homes. And they are all dressed up as the classic ski-masked burglar. Nobody breaks into a home in this movie without putting on a ski mask. It is funny because um, uh, we're going to find out this kind of first scene is a bit of a, um, a ruse uh, of a some misdirect. sort. But a misdirect, thank you. Um but uh, you're right. There's going to be at least, I don't know, five, six other sort of break-ins of varying break-in degrees. And every single person wears the same black ski mask. It's just like, it's the go-to. It's the go-to. Um, and as the, as the alarm goes off, the computer starts spitting out Polaroids just from some random hole in the computer. <laughs> Where was the com- camera? Oh, I have no idea. It's just, it just like awkwardly Polaroid photos that are already developed just start falling out of it. Because what you would sort of assume is, Someone has broken in, they got through, let's say, the sliding door or the window, and they come up to what is like a large kind of computer panel kind of console, and that's where the pictures are spitting out of. So I was like, so I guess if you walk up to that panel, it takes your picture. Oh, I, but, wait, I will say, they do cut up, and there is a security camera in a top corner that like has like a motion sensor, and it moves. And oh, there you go. I, I didn't catch that. Yes, so. I forgot about that. So I guess that's the, that's the thing. It's a, it's a remote-controlled Polaroid camera. But what I like, though, is the photos aren't sent to, like, a database where you're like, oh, they're recording you. It's like, what, a way to tell the the person breaking in that they're on photo and they can take these home with them? To be fair, I think the problem with it is, is we don't know it at this point, but what we are staring at is the main computer for this, like, security system right. that's in this boy's bedroom. So I, I would assume in reality, it's always, all that happens is Polaroids print out in this boy's bedroom after not anyone breaks into a computer system. Right, right. Right, because as you're, as you're uh, alluding to, what we're going to find out very quickly is we're going to see sort of the process of what this security system is, which is... Um, 
if someone breaks in, they Cla- get it's all not classic. All- Alarms go off, photos get taken, yeah. and then. <laughs> Well then, then the the uh, uh, coup d'état is uh, uh, that this very kind of spectral cloaked figure. There's sort of like uh, low budget red lights around him, but he's all very dark and cloaked, and it's sort of just like a hovering figure sort of starts coming towards them. And then you see as it gets closer, like the eyes become red, and there's this like it's a very sort of like scary demonic kind of look to it. Yeah, like, yeah. like there's some. An entity in the house that is now going to attack you. It's a good ghost, actually. It was like seven feet tall in a big scary shroud. Its teeth are mm-hmm. like human teeth without lips, so it's very un- unnerving to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought for the life of me, it was a computer or not a computer. I-, I know it's a computer ghost, but I thought it was a robot. Yeah, I thought I thought so too. It was well because it moves oddly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll see it repeatedly throughout because the computer because the computer system generates this computer ghost. But very late in the movie, they'll reveal that it's a hologram. But I wasn't sure why they waited so late in the movie to reveal it was a hologram. Yeah, well, because but but they say it's um uh, uh they say it's a hologram. But then later on at the end of the movie, we see that. There's one that's not a hologram. Do we? I think we do near the end. Like when they, uh, yeah, I thought, I don't know. Anyways, it's weird that it's a hologram because it just looks like a, a kind of cheaply made robot. I guess what it is though is is it can disappear and appear anywhere it wants. So that's uh, like, that's how we know it's not a robot because it would have to, you know, roll away on its little treads and hide somewhere in the house. Yeah. Regardless of all that, the point is that it's supposed to be so scary and so overwhelming that the person sort of just screams and runs away or cowers or whatever it is and then they are apprehended yeah 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 Yeah. it's a good ghost actually i was just like this is a decent you put all your budget into this ghost right and so what we kind of find is that this person who's broken in um sort of tears their mask off and they're all freaking out and what we realize is this has all been a test of the computer system um and this guy we're going to learn is i never got his name but he's the uncle how do you not say his name seventy five thousand times it's uncle something uncle oscar uncle oscar um, and he owns a security company. He started a security company for this device. Yeah. And uh, his nephew, uh, uh, Glasses Boy. <laughs> you didn't catch anyone's name. Harlan. No. Harlan. Uh, uh, oh, Harlan. Okay. Like uh, Harlan Corbin. Um, so uh, Harlan Glasses Boy, he's like the genius behind this. He's like a kid genius who's come up with a security system. So yes, his, his uncle has monopolize this and seen there is a chance for money so he's running the system and i guess this was just a test to show how effective it is and even he who knew what the test was was terrified of this yes yes it was so this, good this, this entity so they've they've created the the device called the quote electronic photographing crook snatcher yeah the crook snatcher the company's crook snatcher crook snatcher good name yeah, for i like that yeah 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 um, but yes, you're, that's sort of the, the whole premise is this uh, boy genius slash orphan slash idiot has created this thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. his uncle what is are using we spo- it to profit. What are we supposed to think about Harlan here? That he's stupid. Yeah. But then we're all supposed to we're all supposed to be on his side, right? You're supposed to like you're supposed to like him. But like you're supposed to realize he's pretty he's like he's 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 a genius. But he's kind of like sheltered and like his uncle's able to take advantage of him because he's not very like world he's not very world savvy i guess right right he's a little naive he's a little naive and his uncle's already started pre-selling them they're going to go into houses all over the city um and that's sort of the the premise of what how it starts off and then we cut and we kind of meet the hero of our movie anya 
She's a rich girl. She's a computer hacker. She's doing it all. <laughs> There's so much computer hacking in this movie. You could cut out probably, I'd say, 15% of the movie if you just cut off, uh, cut out parts of them just typing on keyboards. Did you like her single mother who's going out to lunch or, uh, as her daughter assumes, every time she goes to lunch, going out to have sex with someone? <laughs> this this was an odd, um, it's not even a plot, but like, yeah, you because you meet her and her mother and they're sort of like, friendly bickering and you get you get the sense that uh we don't get the sense the mother mentions many times that the father has left um but to know just to let no you know purpose. don't expect that father character to show up yeah but but it's like i think there's like two at least two maybe three scenes with her and she has to keep mentioning how much she hates the father um and you're like okay well now i know that they've the bad divorce <laughs> okay um, but it, it doesn't amount to anything. It's just, I guess, maybe it's a way because they were like, well, why would she be home all the time by herself? Maybe. But she also looks like she's like 30. So I don't know. I was noticing because they obviously talk a lot at the top here. The mom's going to lunch. The daughter's like, I'm a grown up now. You can tell me if you're going out to have sex with people, <laughs> which is a very yeah. funny thing to say. But there is <laughs> so much sexual content in this movie. Yeah, right. Not on screen, but like either they're talking about sex characters are horny or there's like these goons who keep showing up everywhere who are just staring lecherously at every woman they meet no matter the age of like whether you're the child named Anya or like the grown woman who owns the house these lecherous men will come in and just like glare at you the entire time it was very unnerving because the rest of it's very light it it is also and this is not to forgive it but it's played for laughs right it's just like a it's very funny everyone finds it hilarious can you believe it everybody's thinking about sex in this movie it's so funny <laughs> they also do that there's like a scene because they uh, we're gonna find on later these these two guys you just mentioned um purple shirt and yellow pants and he's got a nice bolo that, tie on yeah that's right but they're the and, goons uh, who work for they're they, they're installers who work for crook snatchers yeah and and you're gonna find them they like sit in like a little trailer and like kind of like can, they they operate the computer ghost yeah and they watch the computer and so you, you and you get them like looking at cameras like trying to like look at ladies and stuff and you were like, this is the most relatable thing I've seen on television. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You love these early morning records. We're out of our minds. <laughs> yeah, that, we, should, we should mention for everyone going, huh? does it sound odd? It's like, yes, they're, they're, it's early, early in the morning. And it's my fault. It's my fault, everyone. That's why it's early in the morning. It's not Jordan's fault. It's totally fine, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> The entire episode, it just sounds like you're on the defensive the entire time. Yeah, just, yeah, just like, you know what? I got other things to do, okay? <laughs> but um, Anya has this mother. And I, the reason I, I, I bring it up is that uh, Anya's mother leaves the house. And Anya's left to her devices quite a bit. And when she's yes. at home, she uh, often apparently uses her telescope to just, like, look around the town. And this particular day, she's looking around the town with her telescope. And she catches a sight of a crook snatcher's van installing security at a nearby home. And for some reason, seeing this company installing security system inspires her to log onto her computer, hack into the police mainframe, and cross-reference data on reported burglary, burglaries in town with home security systems being installed. I know. There's... It's it's funny because there's a real leap of logic you need to take here um, because this, this plot is pretty uh, simple and straightforward. Like, as you read in the synopsis, that's all you need to know is... There's a unscrupulous security company. Exactly. Um, but they want to get there real quick, which I'm not sure why they wanted to get to it so quick, because 
they're not exactly going to spin their wheels, but they're going to repeat the same beats multiple times throughout this this movie. And I think part of it is because this happened so fast. Like they didn't want to take any time for the characters to and the viewers to figure out what is happening. They're just like, mm, something's funny here. Let's get it going. And it's like, well, I don't know. You could have let that breathe for a second. It was like she went down a really weird Wikipedia rabbit hole, but instantaneously. <laughs> right. Yeah. She saw a security camera. She's like, I wonder how many burglaries are in my town and how many people have security systems in stock. I'm going to ask you another weird question. Pre-internet, how did how did you even access these internal servers and that sort of thing? Like, I'm I'm sure it was a thing, but I just don't I don't understand. I mean, how I think that worked there's without a network. still a network. There's still a network she's accessing. And in 1988, I believe there is internets at this point. Mm. Very rudimentary uh, sort of series of networks. And apparently, since she's she's established to be quite wealthy, I guess she her computer is attached to it. That's why she can be a hacker. Right. Um, well, there you go. I did love it. She hacks into the police mainframe, and it just keeps this, this message keeps popping on the computer saying like uh, "access denied, access denied." And she, then she just types something else, and finally she just types she just types again and says "access granted," and she's like "whoopee." <laughs> she like cheers in such a funny way it made me laugh so hard yeah but i mean i do i do like the amount of time that they we have to just really watch her like not be able to access it for a while i was like just have her get in let's just let's just cut to the chase guys well i mean and as soon as she gets into the police mainframe for reasons i don't fully understand maybe because it's connected to the crook snatchers mainframe harland harland's computer detects an intrusion so he like counter hacks her and they have like a hack battle and, uh, it was a meet cute, Luke. It was a meet cute. It's a real meet cute. It's a hack battle where they don't see each other, but because it's the '80s, uh, the police mainframe is all on magnetic tape. So the magnetic tape just spins back and forth like a like a mm-hmm. like a cassette deck getting rewound and fast forward until it finally snaps, and that's how the hack ends. A couple things. Uh, first is that I assumed he, the security company, was running that internal system for the police or whoever. That's what I assumed. So. Um, when the messages was coming in, like he was seeing it because he's crooks, snacks, snatchers, whatever runs the security. That was my assumption. Could be. And the second thing is, you know what this reminded me of? Uh, one of the episodes we watched way back when of um, Auto Man, where Auto Man tries to get into a computer himself and was fighting with the computer in this weird, like somewhat sexualized uh, back and forth. That's what this reminded me no, of. Didn't it a very, little bit? That's right. I mean, you know, there's that tensions that running through this too because Harlan and Anya, they're a real meat cute here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, can you believe how uh, they both are so different but so similar? And then uh, I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is that at this moment, after it breaks and the hack's over, Anya's mother just walks back in the house. And it seems like she's been gone arguably like 20 minutes maximum. Uh, she yeah. walks back in and she's like, you'll never believe it. My purse was snatched. But don't worry, I still made it to lunch. And I was like, what? I, was like, what? <laughs> I don't know why this mother is a character at all in this show. She has no purpose. She just sort of comes in and out and says stuff like that. You just want to, everyone wants to know that girl's not like left alone to her own devices. Right, right. But she was so freaked out by the purse snatching that did not affect her lunch plans that uh, she's hired crook snatchers to come install a system in their house. Um, and this is where we'll get scenes of these like goons that work for Uncle Oscar coming and going, setting up the crook snatchers in the house and kind of creeping on, being very, very sexual toward this child. Yeah. And these are the two that um, you mentioned before, sort of a broad comedy, excuse me, a broad comedy. And these two are the broadest of the broad. Oh, 100%. Like they're, they're almost like, they're almost cartoon characters. They're like everything from the way they talk to the way they move to everything is just so over the top. They're nearly you know, like in they, a three stooges sketch. Yes. That's a good way to put it. That's that. It's very, very close to that. 
just with this like underlying aggression <laughs> yeah well there's this underlying like seediness to this like super like for kids action yeah exactly Anyway, uh, that night at a different home that has a crook's mattress installed, a uh, a couple is uh, waking up to discover a coffin in their room and a computer ghost rising out of it to scare them. Yeah, that was weird, right? You know, it's a nice creepy sequence where the computer ghost gets up and demands that they leave their home. Yeah, and this yeah. is what the big reveal basically is that I is I guess the computer ghosts are not being used in the way that Harlan intended, which was to scare criminals away by thinking the houses are haunted, but are being used to in fact scare the homeowners at night and telling demanding that they leave their home so that when you cut to the next morning, the couple basically woke up, immediately put their house up for auction. <laughs> yeah. So the morning that next morning they're auctioning off their house. And for some reason, which I do not understand, is I guess word has gotten out to the general public in the like six hours that have transpired <laughs> that their house is so haunted that no one will even make the minimum bid at this auction. Right. Like that was the thing I didn't understand. It's like they're auctioning off their house, but no one in this crowd of people who've shown up to this auction for a home is willing to meet the minimum bid. Well, and it's there's a couple things that are that are peculiar about this. The actual idea of Forcing people out of their homes so that you can buy them on the cheap. Okay, there's that's a kind of interesting idea for a villain. Um, but if you had created a security company and it was so effective and why it was so effective was because these, let's say this monster, this spirit is so some uh, sort of, would scary. You, would you call it like some sort of computer ghost? Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's let's call it a computer ghost. This this computer ghost is that's funny. Is so effective that um you know you would think like word of mouth, but like it would ruin the product because everyone would know what said security system is right. But no one. I think that's the thing is nobody knows the computer system creates a ghost. That's they're they're holding that back from the public. Right, but it's, but the more and more people that get it, like it will just eventually get out. I, I just I, I think the idea is that like everyone's so afraid to say they saw a ghost because everyone will think they're crazy. Mm. But yes, the idea that um, uh, the second part of this of scaring people so that you can buy the house cheap, I get that. But it's it's like uh, the uncle has like a proxy who sort of uh, bids for him because it's Australia and they have a different system of buying houses, obviously, where you, it's a, a live auction, which we don't have in many other places like we don't have it here in Canada. Um, which which was a you know a, a telling point of this takes place in Australia. Um, oh, is this real? I just assumed this was convenient for the plot. <laughs> no, no, they have a they have a, um, um, a transparent bidding system for uh, for buying houses. Um, so so that I I get that, but you would only be able to do this for so long because anyone would start catching on that you know there's a a company that is buying up all these houses, right? You you'd think there'd be some something fishy going on. Yeah, you'd assume someone would dig into this uh, this, this exactly. strange spurt of houses going up for yeah. sale. But maybe they're just not thinking about that. They've they've put all their you know. It's just, they're I mean, they just open the company. Maybe it's a short term plan. They're like we do this for six months before everyone catches on, and we're out. We're rich. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? But yes, you're right. Uncle Oscar's proxy, this henchman, buys the house, and over the course of it, we'll see he does it two or three other times. Someone else wakes up in the middle of the night, scared by a ghost. Next day they saw the house kind of thing. Like that's the that's that's the premise of what's going on here. My question for you though is I, what I didn't understand is so yeah, it makes sense. Scare them out of the house, 
for some reason, everyone in the neighborhood knows it's haunted. So like no one does the minimum bid. They get the house for cheap. But don't they still have to flip the house to make money on it? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like unless their plan is we're going to hold this and hope that uh, the market increases and we build our equity, which is a, a pretty long term goal. But yes, you would think the idea is they could just flip it. But that doesn't seem to be what well, we know, they're doing here. We know from the auction that nobody wants to buy it. So it's actually it is truly a, a worthless home. Like if they bought it for cheap, but like they're not going to sell it for any more than they bought it for. I'm starting to think this is not the uh, the best plan. Uncle from, Oscar, from, um, what do you um, think? Uncle Oscar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, while this is happening, Harland has traced uh, Anya's IP, I assume. He traces her address and leaves a message for her on her computer asking who they are. Like, who's this person who's hacked the computers? And Anya's annoyed that he's, like, counter-hacked him, her. And I actually thought this was something, when we were about this far in the movie, I thought... I would like this much better if these two characters never actually interacted in person till very till like the last act. And you don't, I don't usually feel that, but I thought there was something more they could have done with these two people at screens talking and sort of building this relationship, but they don't know each other. And then when they actually meet in person, it's so different because they're just the interaction is is different in person. But I guess that's just not what they're. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even know if that makes it that better. But. They toy with it for a little bit. Like, probably half the movie they toy with it, and eventually they do introduce them. Like, it's an interesting idea. I, I don't think, you know, this movie obviously isn't that interested in digging it too deeply into anything. Yeah. But you're right. A- Anya's annoyed that Harland has, like, gotten to her computer. So she counter-hacks him back. And then on Harland's computer, finds a list of undervalued real estate, which I don't know why. Har- I guess I guess Oscar also uses his computer, so he has a list of undervalued real estate. Mm-hmm. And prompted by this, she goes for a bike ride, and she notices that a lot of houses in her neighborhood that are up for auction also happen to be protected by crook snatchers. Now that made sense. That yeah. made sense to go around. You just go like, "Wait a minute, that is odd that this company is everywhere suddenly." So at this point in the movie, I'm just like, "Okay, like you know, it's not a great film, obviously, but like all the pieces are in place now. You've got this crook snatchers being run by an unscrupulous uncle who's driving people to the houses. I get it. He's auctioning off. He's buying them for cheap. I understand the scam." Then we've got Anya, this hacker hero who has basically, by this point in the movie, you know, she's hacked into the computer. She's she's pieced it all together and she's able to see it's like undervalued properties, crook snatchers is on all of them. She's done the detective work. And now I'm just like, OK, I, I see what this movie is. This this young hacker girl is going to unravel this unscrupulous company. Yeah. All the plot pieces are in place. I'm like, great. I understand what this movie is. At this exact moment, she looks at these houses. The scene cuts. And we I know go what you're going to say to heaven. We're in heaven with God and two angels. I know. At first, I thought, is this a dream sequence? What is happening? I was also, because it also looks like a lawyer's office, except there's no walls. There's just a door, a desk, and clouds everywhere. And I was just like, is this just a weird office I'm looking at? I don't understand. (laughs) It's, It's such an odd choice. But you know what it reminded me of as I was thinking about it after I watched it? Do you remember there was um, in the mid to late 90s, there was a, a Danny Boyle movie called um, A Life Less Ordinary? Do you remember that? I, I didn't. I never, I've never seen it. Okay. So A Life Less Ordinary, it's like a, a, a Ewan McGregor, Cameron Diaz joint. And it's like these two people and there's like a crime and they're, I don't know, running away the whole time. Um, and it's sort of like, again, the whole thing is like a meet cute. Like these two disparate people are going to, I think he kidnapped her or something like that. Then they fall in love. But it throws in this weird plot line that is exactly like this, which is two angels getting sent down to like interfere sort of thing. Then now that's done a little differently because it's like the joke is I think they're like really violent and they're shooting people up and stuff like that. Um, 
But I remember watching that movie back in 97 or whatever it was and feeling the same. I was like, this just is odd and I don't know how this works. It just doesn't seem like it's necessary. And it felt like in this too because wh- wh- what is the point of this? Well, I mean, it's we're, so bizarre. We're about half hour in and abruptly we go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it, and it's like, and like, and they become characters now. There's, and I was like, are you going to find something like there is a weird plot twist? It's like, no, no, they're, they're, they're angels, but then they're not angels. They're people who have died and now they, yes, um, they are spirits. Apparently they're dead. Yes. They've been dead for 50 years at some point they say. And the, the old man who sort of is, I guess, God in this heaven is basically assigning them to go to not do anything explicit that he just wants them to go down there and expose the ghost hoax. But he doesn't want them to. Yeah, it's like it, uh, their interference or um, interactions have to be subtle. Subtle. He doesn't want that the word to get these these ghosts, these angels. It's very very touched by an angel. Are there interfering? <laughs> he just wants to make sure that the police know what the crook statues are up to. Uh, I prefer Highway to Heaven if I have to choose by angel interfering in uh, people's lives. <laughs> Michael Landon. Whoa, whoa. And very very near the end of the movie. They reveal the reason why they uh, heaven has interfered, and it was because uh, the ghost hoax was causing "quote unquote" bad press for the spirit world. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they said? Yeah, I don't remember that. It was setting back the spirit world, living world inter- uh, relations thousands of years. It was, it's it, it's it's such an odd thing. But Luke, let me let's ask you this. Let's say we you took this this sequence out entirely, the movie still works, right? Well, it doesn't anymore for, because you, they be, the angels become so intertwined into the plot. But like you wouldn't, you didn't need them. You like you could have still done right. this entire movie without them. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, you can't cut them out at this point because they they're just in scenes now. Going well, Anya forward, just but, becomes irrelevant. Anya becomes irrelevant to the plot. Is the problem right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing because they they add these two characters who. It's weird because. I don't know if that's why they had that line of like, you can't really interfere because they don't really do much until you really need them to. Like, we're going to find out later, like, they have physical forms. Like, a guy tries stabbing them and it doesn't hurt them, but they can, like, touch you and they can sort of, like, appear and disappear. Yeah, and they're all only ghost stuff. powers where they can seem to, like, you know, appear in one, like, they just can teleport around, basically. Yeah. But, Luke, what would you say both of these characters, main main uh, personality trait is? Well, Jordan, you know, as you said, they have a physical form, so they're yeah. horny. <laughs> that was it. That was exactly what I would say. They, just for each other, though. They're very much, all they want to do is have sex. And every time they try to, this old god is up in heaven, and he's watching them on a TV with angel wing antennas because he's watching the progress of their investigation. Every time they try, he rings a little bell, which is like, yeah. I guess, like spraying cold water on a cat. And they're like, oh, I guess we can't. Yeah. It's so odd. Again, because it's hard to articulate how jokey and like silly the tone of this is. And then to add this thing where you have these two horny, horny characters, and you're like, who is this for? Is this for kids? Is this supposed to be a thing where like, we just sort of like don't think about it or like this is the joke for parents. I don't, I don't know. But it's Well, they it's do explain, odd. Jordan, that when you die and you go to heaven, <laughs> you have a lot of free time. So most people just focus on their hobbies. But then they say, we're not allowed to focus on our hobby. So we decided to become these people who come down and help earthlings like counselors. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, is your hobby having sex? I think so. I think that's their hobby. <laughs> and you're not allowed to have sex in heaven? <laughs> 
maybe maybe it's just because he's watching on a uh, closed circuit all the time it makes it awkward <laughs> it's very funny um so yes they're going to be sent down to thwart the ghost hoax f- because god doesn't want people being afraid of ghosts but but i like though as you mentioned we're about half 30 minutes 45 minutes into this and now we have we've established the uncle as the character as like let's say he's the big villain mm-hmm. you've got his two stooges who are kind of like the real bad guys um who are sort of doing most of the nefarious stuff you've got um uh, harlan correct yes harlan Har- harlan's a, a, a sort of naive hacker boy who has created this computer program but doesn't really understand how it's getting used um, and doesn't really want to believe it's his uncle. You've got Anya, who's essentially our our protagonist, our hero. Who's unraveled who it all. Who's unraveled it all. But now you've added these two other characters who are now going to not really push the action forward, but they're going to be there to... They're going to be right, the ones of, who uh, who basically pull the scheme apart. Like, they're going to do all the action, basically. Right. But, but then it, it does make... It sort of makes uh, Anya and Harlan sort of null and void, because now you have... These two are doing the same function. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. The kids become superfluous, and these angels kind of become the center of attention. Yeah, but, but halfway through the movie. I did want to note, though, uh, I don't know if you caught this, but I was very fascinated with this. So there's this, like, older sort of, you know, bald man. Like, he's, he's you know, in his 50s or 60s or something who's playing, who's God in this. And he looks like mm-hmm. kind of an accountant or, you know, a lawyer or something. And he, whatever. And at the end of the first interaction, he he wanders off with a be- they're like he sends them up to heaven and he grabs his golf bag and he walks off into the clouds presumably to go golfing and one of the angels says is he's like he doesn't work as hard as his dad used to at this job and i was just like are we supposed to think this man is jesus i i didn't catch that i'm i'm not sure because i did, think they did specifically i think they try say, to keep it nebulous but maybe maybe yeah maybe that's jesus maybe he's uh he's put on a couple it was just weird because they're like, he doesn't work as hard as his dad. And I'm just like, what? Why do I need this information? Yeah, it's th- on. This was in a weird, weird movie. I just didn't think this worked. I didn't like it at all. And I just, it, it just, it seemed to add an element to close plot holes that weren't really there. You know, it I was mean, like, oh, I don't know. Angels come and stop things. You're like, what? I will say this. I never saw this coming. It comes. No, out I didn't either. Absolutely nowhere. And yeah. Before we move on, and we will move on in a second, I promise. <laughs> We've kind of laid out a lot of information that doesn't come up till late in the plot. This is uh, the computer ghosts are holograms, that heaven's going down to stop them to cure the bad press. Like all this stuff comes up very late in the game. So at this point, and for a long time in this movie, I was trying to figure out I'm just like, wait, are the computer ghosts demons from hell? I thought the I thought the oh is that what you thought I thought they were going to be like they have to send angels down because Harlan has created the system and it's not that he's got robots or holograms so they haven't established how he has these ghosts yet I was like are they going down because what Harlan has created is a portal to hell that's interesting I didn't I didn't think that but I'm I'm now that you say that I'm I'm wondering if that is a better movie I don't know. I mean, it just was because they never established how computer ghosts were created, and now heaven was interfering for some reason because they were upset by this, like, ghost hoax. And I was just like, does this mean something about how these computer ghosts are, these menacing computer ghosts are being created? In the Mm. end, no, because it turns out they're just holograms. (laughs) Yeah. You know, well, I'll I'll say this. I don't know if that's a better movie, but it ties in this... Uh, um, for lack of a better term, I'll say spiritual element of, well, of that's heaven just and it. hell. I guess I was just trying know. to connect the dots in some way. 
Yeah, they don't want to connect the dots. They were just like, wouldn't it be funny if these two uh, dead angel type people got involved? You're like, okay. Anyway, back on Earth, we finally do get to the point where Anya traces Harlan's address and she breaks into his house dressed as a burglar, as you do. Yeah. Hey, can I? I'm going to stop you real, real quick here. There's a scene coming up and it's around here because I have a note. And it's possibly the weirdest thing in this show, which is we're going to see the two angels playing tennis. Yes, that's coming up in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can I just, can I ask you now, why do they have gigantic tennis rackets? Because it's a comedy, Jordan. It, it was the weirdest thing. You have the two characters and they have, like, the tennis rackets are like King Kong-sized tennis rackets. Yes, later, a little later, they're going to be playing <laughs> badminton on top of the roof of the house and they have... Uh, Babington rackets the size of themselves and it's just like novelty and it's never commented on it's never like particularly talked about they just happen to have giant badminton rackets they're using it's just like why i don't understand anyways that's this movie it's just stuff like that and you're like comedy. okay jordan i will point out that this this shit movie was big on props comedy before we get back to the plot because right. there's obviously giant <laughs> tennis rackets yeah someone has a burger telephone that they use that's right and then someone else at some point walks up to a telephone that is shaped like a piano that you dial by playing the piano keys. They go up and go, ding, ding, ding. Hello, police. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, but it's it's weird because we, we never really said this before. Do you think this is supposed to be taking place in 1988? Yes. You do? Yes. Because everyone is dressed weird too. Is that just what was happening in 1988? I assume. I think this is just what people were dressed in. Okay. Because it's weird. Because, like, oh, God, the one guy's wearing, like, a purple suit with, like, a bolo tie. The other guy's wearing, like, a yellow jumpsuit. And then, I mean, Anya's sort of wearing, like, she's very 80s. But a couple of the characters, they're, like, again, they're, like, cartoon characters. It's very broad. This movie is so broad that it's hard to understand what is happening sometimes. Because it's, like, giant tennis rackets, giant badminton rackets. Like, what is happening? Oh, as we talk about um, uh, some, some of these things, I know we're all over the place, but this so is this movie. So not too long after we have the sequence of kind of meeting these angel type figures and God and we've, you know, get these weird things. You're like, oh, I guess this is real. I didn't know if it was a dream sequence. Maybe five, ten minutes later, we get a dream sequence with the uncle where he's like excited about owning everything. He's, yeah, but it's he's, shot it's very similarly. He's gotten rich. <laughs> yeah, but it's similar to the heaven sequence. So I was like, is this real? Is this not not real? It, it just, it, I, I don't know why this was needed. Well, it's funny because his sequence of where he th- daydreams about being so wealthy is his daydream is he just runs into one of the houses he bought, goes to the roof, and just throws mm-hmm. a bunch of money in the air. I'm just like, that's that's <laughs> your fantasy? <laughs> yeah. He has so much money, just you got to burn it. Anyway, let's let's get back to the plot. Let's get back to the okay. plot. Uh, I just traced Harlan's address. He bra- She breaks into his house, and then... I, of course, the his his cook snatcher's alarm goes off, and Harlan catches her. She pulls off her mask, and he is absolutely flummoxed to be meeting a girl. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's he's so nerdy and awkward that he doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, he calls the police off. He's just like so happy to be meeting a girl, and she herself though is not impressed by him at all. She accuses him and crook snatchers of real estate fraud, and you know Harlan, of course, would ne- cannot believe that Uncle Oscar would be involved in anything like that. He he's. Throughout the movie, is just always saying it must be one of his shady employees taking advantage of the company. So mm-hmm. this is their primary conflict for the two of them for the rest of the movie. Is just like she's trying to convince him Uncle Har- Uncle Oscar's a bad guy, and Uncle and Harlan's just like, "There's no way the uncle has raised me from an orphan is a bad guy." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he, and he even he mentions in several scenes like you're a not only a father figure, but I consider you my father. So 
there there is an, uh, a nugget of an interesting idea there about um, that he's putting blinders on to what is very clear because of his feelings for his uncle. Exactly, exactly. Of course, there's a, another house going up for auction after the uh, owner was spooked out of it. And uh, Uncle Oscar's goon is there to bid for the minimum price per usual. But this mm. time... The angels are there sipping on martinis and they outbid him. So now they own the house. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work because they don't have a bank account or any sort of documentation, but I'll allow it. You got as much money as you want. God just creates it from thin air. (laughs) And uh, Uncle Oscar, of course, is annoyed to have lost in the house. So he basically sends his goons to spook them out with some more computer ghosts. And for whatever reason that night... Obviously, Harlan's got this information. He's very suspect someone's using his crook snatcher's device incorrectly. So he he himself dresses as a burglar in a ski mask. Yeah, it's like the 45th time we've had someone do this. Breaks into this same house so he can see what's happening. And his sequence is very funny because he climbs a series of stairs. And on every flight of stairs, he knocks over a flower pot and breaks it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 17 flower pots get broken in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and what he witnesses is the computer ghost manifesting to scare the angels away. But, of course, the angels know what's happening. So they are, are, are nonplussed about the whole thing. And they just sort of, like, shrug off this, this computer ghost attack. Um, but he witnesses it all happen. And as he's watching through the window, Anya also appears next to him, also dressed as a burglar, also there to watch, I guess, what was happening at this house with the angels. And they basically both fall through the window the ghost goes away and have a conversation with the angels about like whether Harlan's a bad guy or Uncle Oscar's a bad guy. Harlan refuses to accept and he kind of runs away and like breaks some more pots. But like it's sort of a weird scene where not much moves forward. Well, this would have been more effective if one, if they want, let's say it's a good idea to have these angel type characters. Sure. I don't know. But if they had introduced them at the beginning of the movie and they have what they want, they have their goal. Anya has her goal. Um, Hugo, what's the guy's name? Oscar? No, Harlan. Harlan's got his goal. Um, and they all, it all uh, culminates at this point where they all come together because their all separate goals have come together in various ways. Now they have to team up. That would have been a structurally more effective way of doing this. But you get all these characters together and we don't really know anything about them and we don't really know what they want. And I mean, we know what they want, but they don't connect in any way. Right, so you're just like, oh, all those characters are now together. Okay. Yeah, we know the angels want to stop ghosts, but they don't, they're not going to tell Anya that because they're not going to tell her that she's an angel. Anya wants to prove to Harlan his uncle's a bad guy, and Harlan wants to prove his uncle's not, but they don't come to any conclusions here. They just meet, state what they want, and leave again. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, you know, this, there's like a whole day-night cycle here that happens that we don't need to get into because we talked about all the badminton rackets, so that's fine. We've covered it all. <laughs> <laughs> but the following night, basically, Uncle Oscar is upset that the, you know, angels didn't leave the house like everybody else. So the goons go back and uh, they they try again to do it. And um, again, same thing basically that happened last night, but a little differently. But Anya's like, Harlan, meet me at the house and we're going to watch the ghosts attack again. So we could like basically the same number of characters come to the same house once more to witness the same thing. And the goons just keep sending larger and larger versions of the computer ghosts to menace the angels. And the angels are, like, nonplussed. At one point, they take out mirrors and, like, flashlight at the computer ghost hologram, and it defeats it. This was the part where I thought, and I am could very well be wrong, I thought it, had, at this point now, wasn't a computer-generated thing anymore. I thought they were sort of upping the stakes, and they brought a actual physical 
like robotic type thing and that's why it was responding to them them flashing lights like it was like it was messing up its circuitry but i think maybe i just made that up yeah, i think you did I, I think i think for some reason the ghosts are just like if you or the, the angels are like if you flash mirrors at a hologram it like the hologram screams and <laughs> disappears but uh and not that this matters to anything but what you didn't point out is when the ghost is coming and being scary uh it cuts to all the characters with like um uh like ranking scorecards like you get an eight out of ten or five out of ten, and they're like ranking it on its scariness. Did that happen? I didn't see. Yeah, that. you don't remember that? No. They keep cutting back to them, and all the characters have like a five out of ten, three out of ten, or whatever, and they keep flashing it back and forward to show like how unimpressed they are with how scary the monster is. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, yeah. I have to go back. They go to it like maybe three, four times. I watched that whole sequence. I have no memory of this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you it happened. Because what was weird is uh, the scores get weirder and weirder. And at one point, like Anya gives them like a, a quarter out of 10. That's so weird. And it was also weird too to me is that anytime the ghosts attack the angels, the angels are also kind of scared of it. Yes. I think the idea that there's supposed to be that uh, it is they genuinely know, scary. It's, it's so scary. Like even from the very beginning of the movie, when the uncle was testing the system, even when you know it's coming, it's so scary okay, that that it makes doesn't sense, matter. I yeah, I had to go back and watch this because I like. Not only did I watch that sequence twice, I also had a couple of clips from it. So I'm shocked that I didn't see it. Well, go back. You're going to see them holding scorecards. That's very funny. That's very funny. At any rate, the goons in the truck who control the ghost, their little control panel, they're getting very frustrated because no matter how big a ghost they send in. The angels are nonplussed by it. All right. So one of them throws on a sheet, runs in like he is a ghost, and this is the point where he tries to stab the angels to death. Um, but of course, you can't stab an angel to death. Yeah, but but it seems like not that he, he like goes through them. It just like it's ineffective because he's actually stabbing them. But it just like yeah, yeah it's like one really of those trick knives where the blade goes inside. Yeah, it looks like that. So, I mean, yeah, that's he tries, certainly what it is. <laughs> he tries a million times, and it just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work and then he just like freaks out and runs away right well it's funny because they they start using their teleport power to just sort of like they're in front of him they're behind him they're to the left of him and that scares him so badly he runs out and i'm just like you're in a computer ghost how is this the scariest thing you've seen <laughs> but we sort of uh i think uh uh, uh glasses boy harlan and uh anya they call the police and then we go to a warehouse yes yes right they, away basically they Trucks drive off. Harlan and Anya follow. Harlan calls the police and she's like, "I'm gonna." He's like, "I'm gonna prove to Anya it's not my uncle. It's clearly the goons who work for him. I'm gonna have the police meet us at the warehouse." And they all head to the warehouse. And at the warehouse, obviously, the goons are upset. They don't know what's been happening, and they're waiting for Oscar to show up. But Oscar kind of sneaks into the warehouse and finds his 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 little nephew and says, "Like nephew, we gotta get out of here." And I don't know why. The uncle knows they need to leave because he doesn't know the ghost. The cops are on the way, but Uncle Harlan's basically like, "We got to get out of here. My scam is over." Yeah, I think they just need to wrap things up. You know what I mean? So they're just like, "Yeah, it's like that's it. It's the end of it." But like, Uncle Oscar just comes clean. He's just like unprompted, explains the entire scam he's been running, mm-hmm. and Harlan now knows the truth. And then the goons notice Uncle Oscar, and they immediately assume Uncle Oscar is going to abandon them to take the rap for it. So it kicks off a like wacky Benny Hill chase sequence where they all drive around the warehouse in golf carts chasing Uncle Oscar. And then like the angels are just sitting in these stacks of like shelves with ghost snatchers boxes, drinking martinis, watching the events unfold. Yeah. It's, it's not a terribly well executed sequence. It's not like exciting at all, but it's sort of like, you're right. It's like Benny Hill. It's like, 
you know, it's it's wacky, it's hilarious. It and goes then on it, for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then it like it sort of culminates with them getting caught by the one bad guy, but then the angels there to stop him, and you're like, okay. It, here's another thing: the the angels we keep calling them angels, whatever they are, ghosts, um, are so overpowered that they it sort of defeats the purpose of them being there. Do you know what I mean? Like them just showing up is enough to stop something happening. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, to be everything fair, will be fine. He, he, the angel shows up to the one, the one goon he's scared in the house who's trying to stab him. So that's why that one goon is so afraid. Apparently, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. It doesn't matter. This goes on for quite a long time. Finally, Uncle Oscar gets to the exit to the to the warehouse. He throws it open, and the cops are standing there because they've arrived. And for whatever reason, they arrest everybody. Which I'm just like, uh, you guys don't know what even what's happening here. You guys have showed up. They took that call. That's what matters. That's they all that listened. matters. And they're and like, of course, right, everyone's Uncle, arrested. And of course, Uncle Oscar, at the, at the, when the cops arrest him, he explains everything to the cops that uh, Harlan is completely not responsible. He takes complete responsibility, basically. And Harlan is just like free to go and hold hands with Anya. Mm-hmm. And him and all his goons go to jail. And cut to the jail, Jordan. I don't know what happens here. The goons are about to mess up <laughs> Uncle Oscar for putting, for trying to pin it all. They're mad. They're like, you're going to pin yeah. this all on us. We're going to just like absolutely mess you up in this prison cell. And then Uncle Oscar, like, just, he's so nonplussed with He kind of struggles. He's like, well, better luck next time, guys. And he just vanishes like he's a ghost or an angel himself. He just vanishes at, into thin air. Okay. So there's, there's a couple, there's a couple ways to read this scene. One, he was also like an angel type figure the whole time, which is not what I think, but I'm not sure how you feel. Uh, or there's a second option, which is what I think, which is, uh, he killed himself as soon as he went to jail. <laughs> you think that's what happened? So he's a ghost the whole time. Yeah, he's always well, been a ghost for the last like thirty twelve hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the only clue we get towards what's happened with Uncle Oscar. There <laughs> is late in the movie, one of the angels mentions not to worry about Uncle Oscar because he has quote a very persuasive guardian angel, end quote, implying that one of the angels has broken him out of prison. <laughs> oh, do you think that's what it is? Well, they just say he is, don't not to worry about him being in prison. He has a very persuasive guardian angel. And I was just like, so either he's an angel, he's a ghost, or one of them decided he's learned his lesson and breaks him out of prison. Mm, I think he killed himself. <laughs> but we never get any explanation for it. Like, no. We don't even see where he goes after he vanishes. He just vanishes. Yeah, it's very odd. Another odd thing. And then it, of course, all ends with Anya and Harlan. They finally kiss after like solving the crime, and and they fall in love. And we, you know, we get we get some young love. And then we cut up to heaven, and uh, the angels and God are re- reunited, and they're watching the two kiss on a TV. And then God blames the angels for making the teens so horny, <laughs> as one does. And bizarrely, bizarrely, that wraps up the film. That's it. Yeah, it ends. They sort of like kiss and like, uh, they, and then, oh, they sort of like dance together. Yeah, yeah. It's a very chaste movie overall. Like, no one ever does anything yes. to think. It's just that there's all this conversation about sex going on all the yeah. time. And and that's the movie. You're like, it's. I'm telling you, it's it's hard to describe how bizarre this is, and the tone of it is so specific, but so hard to categorize. It's it's an odd, odd little movie. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. 
Well, Jordan, before we go to uh, ratings, I do have some uh, a final little thought here, which maybe is like it's it's a final what's real, Jordan. I should have maybe put this in the what's real <laughs> section, but we okay, got sidetracked sure. right off the top. But Jordan and listener, really for listeners, like what's real, listeners. Uh, <laughs> very exciting news. Uh, our past guests, Hillary from Lathe of Heaven, mm-hmm. and Taylor from Hard Knuckle, mm-hmm. related to this movie, another Tomorrow Stories. They've both got engaged. We have two oh. guests who got engaged. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. We should try I, to have more. We should have more of our guests get engaged. Well, I think it's because they were on the podcast, right? <laughs> like that's that's how they got to know each other. That they was their meet you because of continuum drag. <laughs> so, can you believe it? Two engaged guests from the podcast. That's lovely. Congratulations to them. We've been on so long that we have people just meeting uh, and getting engaged. Luke, we've <laughs> Luke, we've been on so long that we've had some people to get together, and then some people have horribly been ripped apart. <laughs> Ooh, let's not talk about that, though. <laughs> and that's all we'll say about that. It's a real roller coaster of love on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some people are having people over to their apartments. They won't tell their podcast all right. partners about. All right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, yeah, there's not that much to tell. <laughs> All right, let's, shall we move on to ratings, Jordan? Let's move on. Let's move on. I, I love, I love the just dancing around stuff that's not interesting to anybody. That's just, <laughs> just, just things that are happening in our lives. Oh, well, we can cut that out somehow. <laughs> yeah. I'll just leave it in. Who cares? All right, Jordan. What do you want to rate Computer Ghosts? Um, I don't, I don't know if I should slam this thing or not because I think it accomplishes what it wants to accomplish. It's just not a movie that I like, and it's not a something I would generally watch. Um, and I don't. I just doesn't hit anything. I yeah. It's just not for me. I'm gonna give it a two out of ten. Two I didn't really 10. like it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not for me either. I think it's too long. Like. It's, yeah, I agree. It has all the problems with children's movies. The bad children's movie anyway is that the plot repeats itself a lot to really drive home the action and as a result Mm -hmm. you just end up seeing a lot of the same scenes over and over and like there's mystery to it but the mystery i think has less to do with an actual plot twist like is it a hologram why are these angels here it's more that they just don't get around to telling you till late and like it doesn't change the force or direction of the story it's just like oh we just forgot to mention we're here to stop ghost hoax because bad press Mm mm-hmm but I will say, at 30 minutes when I thought I had this whole movie figured out and then they went to heaven, I was just like, I, I was truly just like, well, this is new territory for me. Yeah. But see, see, I, I agree with you. It's it's a real, there's something fun about a left turn you're not expecting, but I don't think it's effective in any way. So I can't give it any points for it. I mean, it's not a payoff, but at least it was a surprise. I'm going to I'm gonna give that point for the surprise, I think, because yeah. it was a surprise. Um, and me obsessing over whether that old man was Jesus took a while. So, <laughs> so what do you think? I'm also just going to give it a two. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not. It's not a winner by any means. There's no hard knuckle. Can you the the quality difference between these two, like the production value difference between these two, is like it's like hard knuckle got all the money and Computer Ghost got none of the money. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it does seem like, like hard knuckle seems like. Okay, Hard Knuckle was not a great movie, but you understood the world and there was an attempt at like building the world. Like I remember there was like a helicopter sticking out a building for some reason and there was you 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 felt what it is. This is like I guess a cartoon, but it's 
yeah, it doesn't look like they put much uh, effort into creating a world. It's very student filmy because it's all just in people's homes. Mm-hmm. So it does feel, it just doesn't feel very real because it's just like you're just in somebody else's house every time. Yeah. But um, but that guy, but, but Jesus likes going to golfing. Jesus loves to golf. <laughs> they say that in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the back. What's the verse? What verse? You're a oh, resident. It's, uh, Rural yeah, it's uh, 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 Maccabees th- uh, uh, 354. Oh, perfect. Let's go read that after. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that wraps up this episode, Jordan. So, listener, if you want to email us, the email here is continuedrag at gmail.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, we'll have some definite computer ghost clips. Um, maybe I'll go back and find that thing where they hold up the scores. Maybe yeah. I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if I just made that up? It's just in my head. But I'm pretty sure it's in there. I mean, it'd be a weird thing if you did create that in your mind. <laughs> um, the handle there is at Continuum Drag if you want to see those uh, clips from the movie. Um, and that about wraps it up. So, listener, uh, we will see you in a little bit. Uh, we have an announcement on Friday. And, Jordan, I will see you then. See you then. Bye-bye. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.